0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fry Dates with the Wife. In these episodes, my wife and I offer an entrepreneurial couple's perspective on living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We share our little humble opinions and hopefully make you laugh as we navigate the ups and downs of being entrepreneurs And parents. And speaking of fulfillment, if you want to hire me as your coach, head over to RobShowCoach.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on a call to see if we are a good fit to help you create and design your dream life and business. That's RobShowCoach.com. Before we get into today's Friday episode, our next work hard, play hard mastermind event will be in Dubai and Abu Dhabi for the F1 race on November 16th to the 19th. These trips are designed to get you out of your day to day around some amazing entrepreneurs and provide bucket list experiences that will have you coming home re-energized to grow your business and bring your life to a whole new level. Head over to workhardplayhardexperience.com and fill out an application. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly headed. it.
1: What's the role where you have to pay for it? Because <laughs> that was nine seconds.
0: <laughs> I think you're probably fine. So if you um, haven't gathered, we are getting ready to head to America this week. So we thought what we would do, and by we, I mean, Kim came up with this idea, to do a podcast that's sort of split in two.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're heading out next week to go to the States for the first time in eight months. We haven't been back after, since we've moved to Italy, we haven't been back to the States. So we are going next week. And it's interesting because we have some, I'm not gonna say fears, it's not really fears, but we've had friends, expats that live here, go back to the States and have very different reactions, very different like experiences. We have some friends that have gone back and came like running back to Italy, like, I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad I left wherever I was. It was a shit show. and, you know, I'm so grateful to be in Italy. And then we've had other friends go back and be sad and longing for the things in their hometown and are kind of having like homesickness for America now that they're back in Italy. And so we we're kind of contemplating. Which which direction is this going to go for us, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a few questions now, being the interviewer that I am. What is it? Now, here we are. We're six days away from going back to America. And just for context and and s- stamping it, we are in Italy now con- seven consecutive months.
1: Well, it's it's been almost eight
0: months. Been almost eight months.
1: Yeah. I just said that. I literally just said that. Well, I was
0: I was thinking in my brain about what I want to ask you. I okay. can't listen and think at the same time.
1: <laughs> so you just admitted that you did not listen to me.
0: Jesus Christ. Okay. So what is it now? Eight months, you said? Eight months, honey. What anxiety, fear, thoughts, questions, anything at all pop up for you when you think about going to America. And let's take your family out of it because I know you want to go see your family. So take that part out of it. I'm talking about just America.
1: The biggest thing that I have is the, the issue, the anxiety is to be really honest, the food. Because since I've been in Italy, I'm not bloated. I mean, somehow I eat pasta every day. I'm not bloated and I feel great. And when I'm in America, it's not the same. And I've done a lot of research on food. I've read some really interesting books. One is called In Defense of Food. I think I've talked about it before. And it kind of talks about the American nutrition revolution and why there's so much processed food and all the crap that's in the food and blah, blah, blah. And I've compared it to what is available and the standard in Italy and it's night and day. So even though we're only going back for a week, I'm terrified that I'm going to feel like Garfield, you know, the Garfield balloon on Thanksgiving that goes down in New York City. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm gonna feel like.
0: Yeah, it's funny. We had that conversation last night with the the guys we were talking about- um, At dinner. At dinner, yeah. We were talking about the difference between the food in the States versus here. And the biggest difference is that th- you're not allowed to have GMOs here in Europe. They won't accept it. Yeah. And the standard is so high, but in America you can. And uh, all you got to do is just give uh, give GMO a Google. It's uh it's some scary shit. So I, I, yes, for me, I would say the food, but it's not necessarily the health aspect of it. It's the, the enjoyment of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were talking about this. So we went to dinner. Here's I'm going to give you a really interesting, I think it's interesting anyway, uh, perspective on food here. So in Italy, we go to a Trattoria or an Osteria. Those are like very local, simple dishes. Um, that's where you're going to have your pasta and your bistecca, the Tuscan steak, and things like that. And they're very local. They're not high-end fancy in any way. So you ha- this is what we normally go to. And the quality is so high and the flavor is so incredible. And so then when you go to some of these like higher-end restaurants, like we went to one last night, that's like a higher-end restaurant. It's mediocre because in a, i feel like in america if you go to your normal like local place like uh doesn't matter whatever it is it's a hamburger or a steak or some chicken or whatever they're serving and then you go to a high end place and they've taken that and they've elevated it here it's so hard to elevate the food that's the local food that the high end food falls flat for me and so i I'd, I'd rather go to the osteria and have an incredible meal, then go have some fancy schmancy thing because they have to, you have to be massimo Batoro and like elevate the food to a ridiculous level of crazy in order to have have you ever say, Oh my god, that was great. Do you know what I mean? For like a higher-end meal. So here it's not even like we're talking about the food and, and the enjoyment of food like in these fancy restaurants. It's actually in your really local trattoria that the food is the best.
0: All right, so the first one- So we're
1: terrified. So you're terrified you're not gonna like the food.
0: That's right. So, okay, (laughs) so number one is gonna be food. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do three uh, of these today. And when we get to America, we're gonna talk about what the reverse culture shock was like and what were the things- that stand out. So we'll forget what yeah. we just said. So we're, we'll, you know, we'll I just, see.
1: I just, okay, I'm gonna give you my second one, but it's kind of gonna be, um, okay. So my second one is people are so just genuinely kind. Like today we were walking down the street and we had gone out and Sophia didn't bring a jacket. She's always hot and she didn't bring a jacket, but she was cold when we were walking back home. So Rob was taking his jacket off to give it to her. And this man came running up and he said, I have a jacket store just down the street. I have a jacket that has a tear in it and I can't sell it. It's about her size. Let me just give it to you so she's not cold. And he walked us down. He opened up his store and he went in the back, got the jacket, gave it to her and said, thank you. Like it, there was no like, can you pay me a little bit? Like he, his store wasn't even open. And he went and literally opened it for us To give the jacket. So there's this like genuine um, just looking out for each other here. And I was thinking about Rob, and you'll understand this when you fly back into the States and you go to the airport, and I'm going to use the Atlanta airport as your barometer here. Mm -hmm. If we were flying back into the Atlanta airport, we've done this so many times where we'll go to Europe for a month and we'll come back. And the moment you get in the airport, you have someone yelling at you. Mm -hmm. Go down there, screaming at you. There's no like welcome back, (laughs) like there's no smile. They're just literally screaming at you from the time you get into the damn airport. And then, so that was gonna be my second thing was that like not that lack of warmth. However, we are flying into Boston, and I'm gonna tell you, they are way kinder in the Boston airport and you will get a smile. And I, it, we're gonna do a, a part two to this podcast um, and we're gonna talk about that,
0: okay? Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. So
1: that would be my second fear is like that that friendly, like the, that innate friendliness um, and the stark, like, holy shit, you're back in America. You, st- you literally got off the plane, you're being screamed at.
0: Okay, for me, my number two uh, is gonna be politics and I'll need to explain that. Yeah. So being here probably because I don't speak the language fully. Um,
1: not enough to discuss
0: politics. Not enough to discuss politics that there is, for the last almost eight months now, there's been zero conversation around politics. And as you well know, politics is a heated topic, particularly now and, and probably always in America, but we're you know divided more for sure. I think we can all agree on that. And not having... To wonder, like there are, there are certain topics. There's politics, there, well, I don't need to list them because if I list them, people are gonna have an opinion. So I'm not gonna list them. I, I don't, Just put I, it I, in I, politics. See, this is, this is, this is precisely, I'm not, yes. gonna, I'm not gonna say it. So you don't have to give me the, the eyes. Um, <laughs> what uh, eyes are those? The eyes of don't say what, you, what I know you're about to say. So I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say any of that but even just the fact that i can't say what i want to say now without evoking provoking that level of response i am terrified to go back and sit at the dinner table at the friends night or whatever because i don't know what i can say and i don't know what i can't say you're walking
1: but you have to walk on eggshells i'm shells.
0: walking on eggshells yeah. here I'm sliding on olive oil. Nobody, right. nobody gives a shit.
1: Well, they don't. Be, they. If you were talking about Italian politics, I'm sure they would. But we I li- don't
0: know about but, that. But we
1: live in a oh, Italian politics are very heated here. But if I don't but, know if
0: they fight about it though, they
1: fight about olive oil.
0: Exactly. That's my. That's but, my point. But they
1: fight with respect, like they fight. But they fight. They, they fight about olive oil.
0: Here. All right, numero numero tre.
1: You know, I'm interested to see how I feel about the pace of of everything. Like here, we've done reels and conversations about how slow people walk and the stroll that it's like an uncomfortable, like I actually sometimes feel like if I walked as slow as other people, I might fall over, you know, because your foot doesn't hit the ground in time. I don't know. But the pace I feel like is going to feel so much faster. Life is slow here. Lunch and dinner are slow. Walking is slow. The pace of life is slow, and I and I'm wondering if I'm going to feel rushed when we go back.
0: For me, it is a little bit of a different one. It's uh this is on the positive side. This one is on language. I am a communicator. I am a people person. I have a strong need to feel like I've made my points when I'm talking to somebody. Really? And it is always frustrating for me here. And I don't know that I'll ever get to the level that I wanna be here, honestly, because I'm just not a native speaker and I came here so late in life. But even when somebody speaks English well, there are nuances to a conversation that native language speakers just get. And non-native language speakers, they sort of like they 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 heard the word, they know the meaning of the word, but it's not fully embraced. Like I have, I like I have a friend here who is uh, incredibly fluent in the language, but you know, he sent me a message the other day. He wanted me to read something, and he sent me a message, and the message said, "Foods for your thought," and that kind of communication is like at that like that's a super high level right for him to go here's some food for thought for you but even as articulate as he is i had to decipher and go what what was exactly was he trying What's to say intention? like so it wasn't that it didn't make any sense and they didn't understand it but it was the depth
1: so of, is this something you're looking forward to going yes, back yes
0: that's what i'm saying it's okay. on, it's on the positive side so okay. so on the positive side going there and being able to communicate without having to babble fish the conversation <laughs> is going to be welcome for me.
1: I What else is going to be welcome for me is to be able to go into a, a store and buy something, order something without having to figure out uh, how to express myself and what I need. Also, right now, because I'm still learning Italian numbers, take a minute to learn my brain still has to kind of translate the number. And so when I go into the market here and they say um 45, it takes me a minute to go what was that 45? Okay. There like I'm looking I'm look, I think my brain needs a little bit of a break <laughs> to be honest of translation. So I'm kind of looking forward to that too. And also because we're going to New England, I'm looking forward to some New England seafood to be honest because we don't get here in Tuscany, especially, we get a lot of bistecca.
0: Yeah, there's a, lot. <laughs> there's a
1: lot of truffle and a lot of bistecca. So I'm looking forward to two things. I'm looking forward to some, um, probably some Mexican food. I, I know I left California going, if I ever eat another damn burrito again, because that's kind of all I felt like there was there. Um, but now I'm looking forward to have to having some Mexican food maybe, which is not going to help the bloat. So see number one. And number two, I am looking forward to like a good Maine lobster.
0: Yeah, like you, like living here, you can run on carbs exclusively. <laughs> like you can. And if you want to go to the other extreme and you want to get off carbs and you can get gout. Be
1: you, you can, can get, get gout. gout. You can get
0: gout from uh, from steak and, uh, salami cured, and, cured and any sort of salami <laughs> version of. So, okay, so we're going to end it here. And it'd be very interesting to see if any of this stuff comes up for us or there are different things that we notice. So we'll see in a few. All right. Well, as promised, this is part two. And we are, we're not in Kansas anymore, or we're closer to Kansas.
1: (laughs) We're closer to Kansas than we have been. Anyway,
0: we are in America. We're in Boston on the last day of our seven-day Christopher Columbus expedition to America. And, uh, you know, as I thought would happen, I don't quite remember exactly what it was that we said in the, uh, in the first half of this podcast, but I know that we were going to report our, uh, experience after being here for a week. So I think it's probably a good idea to frame, um, what the intention of the trip, what we did on the trip before we give our experiences so you can look at it through that lens.
1: Okay, well, the first thing I have to share is that we flew from Florence to Switzerland and it was like easy flight. It's, you know, less than an hour. We get in Switzerland, we go to our gate, all is good. We board our next flight, which is the long haul from Zurich to Boston and we get halfway over the Atlantic. And this
0: pi- is your captain speaking. We have a mechanical issue and we will need to turn back around uh, over to Zurich and we will be landing in Zurich in four hours. Thanks very much.
1: So the first thing we realized is, number one, we are pretty much the only people on the flight that freaked out. And by we, I think I should say I. I am the only one on the flight that was freaking out. The Swiss are incredibly level-headed. And we were dying because had this been an Italian plane, there would have been a whole lot of hand motions and drama, but it wasn't. Uh, everybody went back to Zurich, got their voucher for the hotel, and just did what they were supposed to do, which was like the first big, um, holy shit, I think that we had. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, for those of you that haven't experienced anything like this before, it's sort of an interesting process because, you know, you're emotionally set for a destination and then you have to spend four hours trying to reconcile how it's all going to be fine and it's going to be okay and it's not a big deal. But The Wi-Fi on the plane didn't work. And when the Wi-Fi doesn't work, you can't really, you're 30,000 feet in the air, you're tired, you got four more hours, and you can't get ahead of things like making sure that, you know, you're getting booked on another flight, making sure that you're in uh, a hotel, make sure that, you know, all of those things. But to Swiss Air's credit, by the time we were about to land, they had already secured a hotel, a a voucher for dinner and a a wine voucher too, which I thought was great. And-
1: And we were booked on our next flight for the next day. So really we just lost a day.
0: So we lost a day. Okay, so that's the background. So where were we headed to? We were headed to see family. And uh, over the course of the week, we stayed in four different hotels. We began uh, in the um, the mountains of New Hampshire, which is where uh, Kim has, uh, their family has a nice little uh, place that they go to every year. And uh, we did Easter there. And then we headed over to uh, her hometown of Manchester, about an hour and a half away. Uh, or I should say, while, uh, while we were visiting her family's uh, uh, condo, um, we stayed in an Airbnb.
1: No, we stayed in a bed and,
0: and breakfast. B and B, a
1: bed and breakfast.
0: And this was uh, this is worth taking a second to note. Um, let's give them a plug. What is the name of their place?
1: So we stayed at the Inn on Golden Pond. And if you guys have followed this podcast, you know how bougie Rob is. So he was not excited about staying at an inn where another family is staying or possibly many families. And uh, honestly, we found it or I found it because I was looking for a family-friendly place. And at the time I was Of booking. I was also bringing our dog with us and I needed a dog-friendly place. So I found this little inn and what got me was their story. They were in California. They hit, like many people, they hit the pandemic. They hit the difficulties of the pandemic with being home and kids and all of that. And they decided to move to New Hampshire and uh, buy an inn. And it was incredible.
0: Now, i if you would have said to me, would I say the words an in, in, in-
1: The lakes region the in New Hampshire. The lakes region
0: of New Hampshire would be something I would enjoy. I, I would say that I would be high. I would have no interest in doing that. But I have to say, It was quite remarkable. If you haven't done it, um, I would strongly- Well, this
1: Inn specifically, because they took out the old lady, like doily, old antique furniture thing, and they made it new and fresh and luxurious. And the attention to detail was on point. The food was incredible. The family was amazing. And it, it was just spectacular. So the Inn on Golden Pond, Gold Star, from us. And so we did that. We, so we did the mountains, we did my hometown, and we did Boston. So this whole podcast, though, is about what did we notice? What is the, what are the, the big items that we were concerned about? I know we had concerns about how people would act. We had concerns about food. We had lots of concerns coming in. Um, so let's talk about it. All right. What's so, on
0: your list? All right. So, initial impressions. Um, initial impressions were, I have to say, I really, I, it was very, very mixed for me coming here because, on the one hand, I was excited to see family, excited to, you know, see our home country. Um, and at the same time, I was really in a groove in uh, Italy and I didn't want to leave it. So it was bittersweet and I could have gone in either direction. I could have landed here and been pissy about not being in Italy or landed here and being, you know, been like, oh, my God, you know, the uh, the Wi-Fi is fast. The air conditioning is cold and I can order anything in three seconds and it, it will appear supersized. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but um, I, I guess the. The initial impressions are as follows. Uh, One, everything is very big here.
1: Holy shit. I found the biggest biscotti I've ever seen in my life. It was bigger than my... It was like the size of my forearm.
0: Not even the food. The food is 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 weirdly big because we're we're uh cafe people, so when we go and you know get Sophia chocolate croissant or you know, they call it a Cornetto, um it, we're used to a certain size. And this one is quite four times. quite literally three to four times the size. It's really, really weird. Like the one we'll get in Italy, like the size is basically the palm of your fist.
1: Maybe. You know,
0: the palm of your hand. Uh, here it's you need two heads to, <laughs> to pick it up. Um so that was noticeable. The other thing is everything, you know, outside of food is big. Like um the roads, uh, you know, instead of being like one lane or, or a
1: barely co- a lane, a half a lane.
0: You know, a, enough to fit a horse um, you know, on a quite literally cobblestone street, um is an eight-lane highway or a six-lane highway or whatever it is. Um so the physicality of things really, really struck me. Um, The other one... Well,
1: wait a minute. While we're still on food, Mm. because the size... Okay, so portion size is out of control. So in Italy, pasta, everybody always says, how can I eat pasta every day and stay thin? Because it's 70 grams of pasta and they actually weigh it. It's 70 to 100 grams, depending on who you ask, of pasta in Italy is what is the serving size. I'm going to tell you that every time we saw pasta here... It was three times the amount of pasta. There was extra salt. Everything was sweeter. The the amount of sugar that you could taste in just a pasta sauce, or like we had a salad.
0: <laughs> like, night. I don't, like I don't even. We see, like, had- I feel like such you know a d bag uh, saying this, but every dinner we went to. Like we were, okay, so we're in the north end of Boston. The north end of Boston is where all the Italian, uh, immigrants, uh, came to, you know, a hundred years ago, 200 years, whatever. And so, you know, growing up, you know, we're, we're quite familiar with that, these sort of like amazing Italian restaurants. So we were excited and intentionally chose this area to come back to for its walkability, for its Italian thing. Um, and I am really sad to report that the food for me—I'm going to say it was horrible. It was so. Um,
1: we like the word schmaltzy.
0: It was yeah, schmaltzy. I don't know how. Else like put we it.
1: had a salad, and it and it tasted like salad candy. It was. It was candy salad.
0: It. I don't want to be. I can be dramatic, and I don't want to be over the top dramatic, but it was. So disappointing, and the I don't want to say inedible because it wasn't inedible, but we didn't need it. If I mean, that you means could anything.
1: eat it, yeah, but it's not. So this isn't the American bashing. You know, look, there's a lot of things that we'll talk about in a second that are were amazing here as well. But for me, what I what I learned is if I'm going to come back to the states, or when I come back to the states. I need to come back into an experience of something different and it needs to be the Inn on Golden Pond. It needs to be Cape Cod with oysters and fresh seafood. What I can't do is come back and have Italian food because American Italian and, and Italian Italian are just different. And you know, you can say... I, like part of me is like, have the restaurants gone down, or is it just my tastes have gone up?
0: You no, know, it's it's Tony Soprano or like Massimo Bottura. They're, yeah. they're, they're just they're di- just different. They're just different.
1: They're just different. So that's real. That was really tough. The size of the portions and the sugar and the salt for me were out of control. The next thing is the damn cost. Holy, I sh-
0: cannot, I cannot believe. How expensive everything is. Now, you would think that having spent, oh, I don't know, 99% of my life here that I would be aware. But I got to tell you, it's you know what it's like? Here's what it's like. If you've ever gone on vacation to an all-inclusive and you didn't have to pull your wallet out and then you got, and you know, went to, you had drinks and you had food and you were there for a week to 10 days and then you got home and you got a bill. And you were like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Because you're not used to it. For eight months, we've been having world-class, I'll call it Michelin star quality food um, with ingredients that are amazing with price points for wine that – $20 $20 a bottle of wine, $30 a bottle of wine is the equivalent of $100 a $100 bottle of wine here. Just um, just magnificent. And dinners that are, you know,
1: 60 to 100.
0: 60 to 100 being like the we really splurged kind of thing, to 60 being closer to the average kind of thing. The bills we were getting here were three and four hundred dollars um, for the for, schmaltzy food. For the schmaltzy food, you know, because we're on vacation, right? So we're doing like a, you know, i a, 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 I'm going to say a good bottle of wine, but you know, to give you a, a give you an example. It's the same bottle
1: of wine.
0: Give me an example. There's uh, there's a winery in uh, Tuscany called Antinori, and there they have a famous sort of like high. And bottle of wine that is on the lower end of high-end bottles of wine, if you know what I mean. So it's a really good bottle, but it's a hundred bucks. And when you get a hundred-dollar bottle of wine in Italy, it's it's an amazing bottle. So I looked at, we went out to dinner the other night, and ironically, the restaurant we went to, they had Tini and I was like, oh, this is cool. It was two hundred seventy-five dollars. For the same bottle. Now, I get it. You got to pay import tax and it's got to come in.
1: But they also uh, mark up the price quite a bit because we can buy that bottle in a store for 95 euros in uh, Italy. But if you go to the restaurant, they might charge you 105 or 110. They don't double or triple the price of the wine like they do in the States. But also... We went to one restaurant, by the way, that's cash only. This has been one of my favorite restaurants for years here in Boston. And when the bill came, they had itemized the whole bill out, put the total, and then the waitress took the liberty of saying, here's the tip, 20%, she just marked it, whatever the amount was, and a new total with the tip that she wanted, which was 20%. And that felt so- Insulting. Insulting. Like, if I want to tip, I'll- I'm I'm always a good tipper, but let it be my option. And she just wrote it on the thing and circled it 100 times. And it felt so insulting because it was like, if you don't give me 20%, I'll be pissed. It
0: was clearly a money grab. And it was it was so obvious. The other part is when you're spending 300 bucks- for a dinner and you have to tip uh, 20, have to, well, you kind of have to um, tip 20%. That's $60. So when you think of 60 bucks, I have not tipped $60 in Italy since I've been there in eight months. And it's not because I'm not a good tipper. It's because it's not the, the structure. It's customary. The structure is just different. They're paid salary, not like, you know, three, four bucks an hour. I don't know what, what waitresses and waiters make here, but um, they rely solely on tips. But the point is that when you're living in a place where the usual tip is 10 bucks, and they're so grateful to get Beyond it. Beyond grateful. Because most people don't even tip that. They'll leave it one or two euros, if anything, because it's just not how that system is set up. When I'm leaving $60 on a $300 bill- Because
1: they added it on and, and circled it 17 times. And
0: I'm eating food that is like not good. It's like, holy shit. So, all right. So, we've, we've beat down the, uh, the cost the and food the, food, the cost. So, to Kim's point, what we came to realize is that there are experiences that are, that are here that we need to lean in into. So, so, for example, if when we come back, cause we will, when we come back to, um, you know, the Boston area where, where or Kim's just the from, US. Or, or, well, no, but I'll use Boston as an example. Um, we would keep it from a restaurant standpoint, we'd keep it specific to places that do, you know, lobster and clams on the half shell and stuff like that. Because frankly, I can't get that in Italy. And it's substantially better, like on the positive side. We had um, lobster rolls, which were lots
1: of them, <laughs> which
0: were ridiculously amazing. Um, we um, stayed in the B and B, which was incredible. So we would lean into an experiential thing, like you know a, a James Taylor song in the fall, you know, with lobster like- and.
1: We're going to tap maple trees in the winter in Vermont, you know, those kinds of things, because just coming back and doing the, the normal like stuff we did before we left, it, it's not going to, it's not going to leave us well. But I will say this. One of the things that I was really worried about was coming back and feeling like I was going to be smacked in the face with like rudeness and. Other than the one check-in lady at the Boston Hotel, who apparently it was her last day anyway, so she was not so kind, everybody was amazing. Like On the positive side, the experience of getting a driver's license in New Hampshire versus going to the Questor for any reason whatsoever in Italy-
0: Questor is a government building in in the city.
1: is night and day. So we walk into the New Hampshire DMV thinking, you know, this is going to be- a DMV horrible experience, and...
0: Couldn't, mean, couldn't couldn't have been nicer.
1: The woman up front, we hear her talking to other people with such kindness and cheer in her voice, and it was so nice. We were in and out of there in 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, that was remarkable. So, look, here's the thing. If you've ever done the go-back with a boy or a girl that you were with, and you soon realize that you broke up for a reason... <laughs> And it didn't work. That's kind of what it was for me. So for example, we made a conscious decision that for us, we wanted a different life for very specific reasons, which there's no reason for us to go into now. But for very specific reasons, we were like, this isn't floating our boat anymore. We want to leave. So coming back here for me was a very solid, clear reminder of why I left. Again, please don't look at this as like America bashing because that's not what I'm doing. For us, the reasons why I left were even clearer to me when I was here And I'm super, super happy. Like We're still here right now. I'm super happy to be here. And I am really excited.
1: We love to visit.
0: We love to visit. visit. I'm really excited that we're getting on a plane going back tonight.
1: You know, it's interesting because I've watched some of our expat friends come back and you have the ones that come back and they're packing their suitcase filled with all the things. Now, what we did do is we did go to Apple and we basically purchased everything. (laughs) Everything we could possibly get our hands on because the dollar is better We don't have to pay VAT. And there was a lot of items that we really wanted. And so there are some massive upsides, but I think for sure we won't be moving back. Uh, And we will always visit, though, and we'll do it in an experiential way. And I think that was the biggest lesson. It was great coming home to see family and friends. Um, and I think the experiences we had are great. I think we learned a lesson about food. And um, the good news is the culture for me wasn't as big of a culture shock other than the size of everything. <laughs> it wasn't as big of a culture shock, Um for me. So all in all, I think it was a great experience. And I am um, definitely excited to head back to Italy. And uh, it's really the food though, isn't it? We just want to go back for the food. I'm pretty sure we're all about the food.
0: Well, listen, I, th- I think we're... Everybody has things that are important to them, like for example, when we were living in California, what was important to us was you know to be in sunshine and you know for me surfing and having a beach experience, et cetera. So it provided that um and i think the reverse is true with italy what we were interested in is you know a, a walkable city with amazing food and um you know uh, great clothes and great prices and you know great people and i think it it provided us so i think for the stage of life that we're in and for the things that we're interested in personally for right now, and maybe it'll change later, um, Italy is providing that uh, in spades. So um, hopefully...
1: Not everybody is going to comment that we're American. Yeah,
0: hopefully this was done in an honest way and people are not going to take this as a you personal
1: know, attack a on pers- the United States. And,
0: and and both ways, too. I, I Like, I, I'm, I don't want... The, Italy
1: has plenty of problems. I don't <laughs> want the,
0: the Europeans to be looking at this and go, that's right, America sucks. And I don't want the Americans to be thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm sure that America, you know, uh, did good things for you that allowed you to go to Italy. Absolutely. So and it, and it did, and it still does. So um, hopefully this was a honest, unbiased personal opinion that, oh fuck, somebody's going to be pissed off. There's no way around it. So yeah. let's just let's just deal with it. Let's
1: just go back to Italy.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. We are headed out um, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game